just is throwing down with Justin Lilly. That makes no sense! You can be funny and not be offensive. The same way this is your workspace, this is my workspace too. It's never just sports. It's never just sports. It's never just sports. You'll be a little smarter, and we'll be a little smarter, and it will be great. I was close to being right. You know what's interesting? If you don't agree with this, then just turn us off. Throwing down. Welcome back to Throwing Down with Jess and Lily. I'm Lily Caffrey Levine. I'm Jess King. And this is going to be a very special episode, the WNBA playoffs episode of Throwing Down, which we have been looking forward to all summer. Um, later, we'll be breaking down the WNBA playoffs, talking about some of the top stories uh, with a very special guest, Jordan Liggins from The Ringer. Um, so Woo-hoo. we are very excited for that. Um, but before we get into that, just going to hit you with some news of the week, playoff updates, things like that. Um, Jess, hit us. Go. So many things are going on today, folks. This just in on a Tuesday night. Billy Donovan is the new Bulls head coach. He was the former OKC head coach, and now he's switching teams up a bit. There have been a slew of NFL head coaches that have been fined for not wearing their mask. Um, I love dollars. <laughs> I think, like, here we go. We're actually doing something in the NFL that, like, might be positive. I'd actually like to see them take some more investigative steps to do other things besides Wear just the mask. the face shield. The Andy Reid face shield. I hope we all start wearing them all the time. I want to upgrade They're from the mask. They're in style now. I, they style. sell them. I, did, I wouldn't know where to get them, and I saw them at CVS. You could get a five-pack for 20 bucks. So week three, everyone better be wearing their masks like Andy Reid. It, it sets a bad example for literally the entire country when you have respected head coaches in the NFL, which everybody, like, looks up to, not wearing their masks. And I know there's testing and blah, 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 blah. But, like, if you don't have corona – still wear your fucking mask so you don't get it from other people and you never know you just never know and i'm just like just wear your mask it's not hard it's just safer to and be wearing save yourself a hundred thousand dollars exactly if i got fined a hundred thousand dollars i know for a That's fact it. i'd never do that again but i'm not an nfl head coach on other nfl news garner Minshew and ryan fitzpatrick are in a facial hair war so is this confirmed yeah. Oh, oh they're this isn't fighting. Like a thing well, no, it's like up. it's like friendly fighting. Yeah. Um, no, but I thought I was mustaches like mustaches like versus beards. Okay. No, 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 no. I mean, both thing. of them have very intricate and unique facial hair. This is the first time I'll ever be saying. You'll hear me say without a gun to my head. I'm a woman, so I really can't speak on this. <laughs> but I'm a woman, so I really can't speak on this. Like I don't know what the better facial hair is. Like I mean, I'm into facial hair. But I don't know what feels cooler on your face or a mustache or a beard. I don't can't grow either. So, I mean, it's fun though. Like, it, I feel like if I was a man and was able to grow a lot of facial hair, I'd do a bunch of cool things with well, it. And I don't even think it's one thing because I feel like my guy friends, because like obviously with quarantine and everything, it's like a big topic of discussion. Don't beards go with mustaches? <laughs> I don't know. I don't get it, but they, like, some people have, like, a true preference of, like, they do not like the way, and this is just, like, people I've talked to, so maybe this is a small population, but uh, they, like, do not like the way they look without facial hair, vice versa. Some people hate the way they look with it. I think it makes a huge difference. I think uh, you can look like a child versus, like, Oh, I totally think it, it makes a huge difference. Also, when someone has facial hair all the time, and then they shave, and you're just like, who are you? (laughs) Who are Um, you? 
but I respect a little friendly competition over something like this. And I feel like there's no two better people for something like this. Also, um, NFL, I feel as though I was not right because it wasn't like a right or wrong thing, but like not overreacting to week one results, kind of the move. Tampa Bay it's came kind out of okay. Kind of the move. Tampa Bay came out with a big win. The Patriots obviously lost, but and this was something that like everybody's saying is like it, a loss is a loss. And I'll say that is that it doesn't matter if you lose by one or you lose by fifty. At the end of the day, it's an L on the board. However, thinking long term, like they're good. Like you're like Cam drove the ball down for two. They'll be fine. Yeah, and it was very like okay that loss wasn't. No one wanted people. Patriots fans didn't want the loss, but there was a it lot of reassurance in Cam Newton being freaking back. Like that was a stellar right. performance. Um, well, Russell Wilson is just. But then, yeah. Well, that was the thing. I was like, this isn't the Dolphins. You know, this isn't like the Browns. Like this was the Seahawks. This is a very competitive team. Um, and then there was like a lot of like um, fun little storylines that I liked. Of like, it ended up ended up losing because they didn't make a one yard running touchdown, which is how the Seahawks lost. Um, ha, ha, ha. So there's like a little bit of a full circle there that I um, found amusing. Football. You're funny Football. to us. <laughs> You're funny. But um, switching up course a little yes. bit, uh, Lakers and the Nuggets game three is on tonight. Well, by the time you're listening to this, we'll have decided a winner, but <laughs> I think it's going to be a sweep. I've been saying that. I think the Lakers are going to wrap this one up in four games. But, I mean, it would be super cool to see the Nuggets kind of, like, come back a little bit. I love a good seven-game series. I, I think when their I backs are against the wall, they'll come through. Um, but, but I also see I where you're coming from, for sure. I just don't know. It's the Lakers. I, I don't know. It's LeBron. It's Anthony Davis. Like, it's, it's such a fake argument, but it's an argument ugh. that holds true. People are like, but it's LeBron and AD. And I'm like, those aren't facts, but I'm also and like, I'm like, that's not a good argument. And then I'm like, it kind of is a fair argument. Um, and in last more upsetting news, the Astros reached the postseason in baseball. It's gross. I would really be embarrassed <laughs> to say I was from Houston. Uh, I don't really know. I was hoping that uh, whoever's controlling the fate of the world up there would have done better for us. But it's 2020, so who fucking knows anymore? You're like, God, the come on. In the um, yeah, oh. it'll be what it'll be. I mean, I don't know. The postseason baseball kind of coming up is very weird to me because I'm like, oh, it's fall this is weird um (laughs) what are you doing it's not halloween yeah um in other news news we have to sit here again and defend women in sports because um i would like to make a point that i cannot believe i have to sit here yet again and beg and plead for people to be decent and educated this is the officially the 11th podcast we have done And in three of them, so that's three of the past 11 weeks, we have felt strongly enough about something that we have had to sit here and defend women in this industry who have been criticized because certain men still think that yelling an unpopular opinion makes them intelligent or worth listening to. It does not. Just because you are not verified on Twitter doesn't mean you should be salty. (laughs) So it just becomes clearer and clearer every day that women who work in sports are truly damned if they do and damned if they don't. You make a mistake or you mess up, you should lose your vote. They come for your job. If you're successful and you bring in high ratings, it's only because of your looks. So what is one supposed to do? 
well, I'll tell you what you're supposed to do. Um, we're all supposed to acknowledge that there is a double standard for women. They're judged and critiqued not only by what they say, and but they're also critiqued by how they look. We cannot pretend that it, this is no longer the case because while women have come so far in this industry, there is still a ton of work to be done. So next time you're gonna critique something a woman is wearing, stop and think about the ideas that go into the point of view that you bring to the table. And it goes beyond just what someone wears. It's the general attitude towards women and especially women of color in this industry and everywhere. So if I have any advice, on any baby steps going forward and how do we make this a better industry for women and women of color to work in, um, it's to think about how your privilege is contributing to your point of view. Think about what you're saying and commit to being more supportive of, to supportive of women in sports. Hire women, interview women, listen to women. It's not as difficult as people are making it out to be. Well, uh, follow up on all of those <laughs> accurate points. One, Men ain't shit. <laughs> Two, that article about if Katie you're not Bowles. if you're unaware, we're addressing the Jason Whitlock article that criticized Maria Taylor and Katie Nolan, and then Katie Nolan a slew of other women. Yeah, Katie Nolan responded to him on Twitter, and then he went for Katie Nolan, who is, in my personal opinion, one of the more talented and hardworking people in the sports industry as a whole. We got to talk to her. Um, in a class one time, and not only is she ta insanely talented, and her telling stories really gave a very nice woman. Yeah, she it gave a lot of insight into her crazy good work ethic. But she's like the nicest person ever, so she's so, easy to work with. Like ugh. off of that, the look, floor is yours. Not a lot of people like a lot of people, and it's okay to have your opinions. My biggest problem with the article, besides the fact that I straight up disagreed with everything Jason Whitlock was saying was that his whole argument about whatever the hatred he feels towards the way the sports media industry and what it has turned into was completely out the window because all of the extreme degrading he did of the women he mentioned, specifically Katie Nolan, in his article. So it's like, okay, is your problem with the industry and something you're trying to fix or are you just looking for a platform to complain and be a bitch? I didn't really understand it. It made no sense because when you walked away after reading the article, you're like, wow, this guy actually hates women. And that's the only thing you thought of. So even if he did have any valid points that you agreed with, it's like, I couldn't back that up because he sounded like a dirt bag and you were just reading it. And it's just like, it, it bothered me because there was no good argument there for what he was. I didn't understand what he was actually trying to prove, what he was trying to get at. I didn't understand the purpose of his article besides to hate on people who were a bit more successful than him and like, just like do better. I don't think the thing for me is I think there, there was a part there. So it's confusing because there are two articles. One of them was more about Maria Taylor. And then after Katie yes. Nolan responded to him on Twitter, he went he more at Katie Nolan. I'm saying we want about Katie Nolan. He made it very yeah. personal. So, but my thing, and I forget, so I forget which one this is mentioned, but he brings up other women as a defense of this is how, this is how it's done right. And first of all, I'm just like- That never, was in the Katie Nolan article. Okay. First of all, I'm just like never ever for pinning, not just women, but like anybody against each other. I went to like a very weirdly competitive high school where they like compared you a lot. And that was just like, I didn't do well in high school because I was just like, yeah, this is bullshit, guys. Like, I don't care if I'm better than this other person. And I think that's just a very toxic way to have any environment. 
Um, but then I also think like a lot of his arguments were about how she's used her like good looks and she's just people just decided she was going to be the it girl so she is when as someone that's been if you can't fucking tell already a huge katie nolan fan since she was at fox sports and she was like a blogger um i just never ever ever in a million years and i'm obviously have i really look up to her so i know that might sound like i'm a little biased but there was just nothing about her that ever struck me as like not a hard worker. Like there, like nothing. It would, and from what, from my understanding, I've like listened to her podcast and stuff. Like he did a lot of like her writers write everything for her. She just reads off of a teleprompter. She can't do live TV. Um, she's hilarious. And from in from what I have learned, and I don't know how across the board this is. Like she writes a ton of her own monologues and stuff. They obviously have writers because it's a show, but she writes- And it's ESPN. Yeah, she does a lot of her own writing when it comes to monologues and jokes and stuff. Um, and from what I've heard, like, I mean, the th a thing that comes to mind is like the whole Ellen thing where Ellen seems like this really, really nice person. And then uh, former employees come out and say like, she's awful to work with. Like I've heard uh, I feel like sports kind of is like a small industry. Like when you follow a few people or you know a few people, you like every, like seven degrees of separation really holds true. And I have never heard in the people that I've gotten to talk to and have seen on Twitter, like I've never heard a bad thing about working with Katie Nolan. I've obviously don't know personally, but like she just seems like well, someone we that- we know and respect a lot of people who have worked with Katie Nolan. And yeah, that's and they have nothing I but nice so, things to say about her. I so just completely disagree with the whole point. And I thought all of it was just a hate campaign it against very women personal. in sports. It felt very personal. I don't know to the point where I was just like, what type of interactions they had had before in the past, but it seemed very sketchy. Whatever point he was trying to make was completely invalidated by the fact that he was calling her Karen Nolan. It was just weird. And he did pin a bunch, tried to pin women against each other in the article. So obviously, and like maybe he should do better at writing because none of that was hidden in his work. And it was really annoying. It upset me greatly. Oh, um, I like, oh, I almost went for a run at like 10 p.m. I, I almost did the damn thing. <laughs> I, I'm not even, I'm not even trying to like be funny and make a joke here. I was so riled up when I saw this that I was like, what? Because I was pacing, like I was pacing back and forth. And I was like, I should go for a run, like a nighttime run, listen to like some angry music. And I don't run. I don't exercise. Like, it's just, I don't think, I, <laughs> not like I don't exercise. Like I, I was kind of athletic. Like, I don't, I don't think exercise is fun. Like the people that are like, oh, the endorphins. That's just not my no, thing. I, um, and it, it almost drove me to go for a fucking run. I would just be straight up pissed if I was Katie Nolan. Like I'm pissed for her. I mean. Oh, I also, just, I know this has become a lot about Katie Nolan, but also like, Girl, I want to give Maria Taylor a hug. Like she, she's been through the freaking ringer, like the past. And she's killing it though. And like Maria Taylor's like, my idol because she has just been shoulder. like, she has been able to like come back so quickly. I think a lot of people would not. Be Everyone's just mad that she has all these new fucking responsibilities and she's fucking killing every single one of them. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you could have anything other than all the these men are just hating for on Maria her. Taylor. Um, well, yeah. In so, terms of women. We have an awesome one to come on right now and talk about the WNBA playoffs. So here is that segment right now. We are here with Jordan Liggins, uh, WN writes for the, about the WNBA for the ringer. Um, we're also copy editor, copy desk as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. Copy desk. I'm a fact awesome. checker. 
oh, awesome. That's, we need some of that. Um, <laughs> we do. We'll stop and, and Jess will be like, you just said the complete wrong team. And I'm like, good. I'm like, good, good, good. Let's run it back. Um, so we brought her here today because, and she's nice enough to join us because she's a WNBA expert and we would like to be, but we are not. Um, so let's just, well, right now the Aces are playing the Suns. Um, and I believe the Suns are still winning, not by a lot, but I know I have it recorded. So, I had the game on my TV while we were doing this, but I kept getting distracted. So I turned it you're off. Like, look, oh, yeah. Sure, that was going to be my plan. Uh, yeah. Who do you have coming out of this? I originally had the aces. I still do. Let me, let me back. Okay. I, st I still have the aces. I was very disappointed with their first uh, game one performance. They mm -hmm. came out flat. Connecticut is a very strong defensive team and Vegas seems surprised by that, even though that is yeah. their scouting report. That's who they are. Alyssa Thomas is who she is uh, for a reason. Yeah. So now Alyssa Thomas is out and they are still behind and they're the other connecticut guards are stepping up and um beatrice montpamere who's a rookie she's stepping up so vegas has to step up as a team because connecticut is coming with it yeah i'm okay so i'm with you i had vegas and i think i still have vegas because mostly and this is my like weird existential way of thinking but like they've been able to do what they have done, like without Liz Cambage, with a lot of adjustments. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like, I think you can build a good team, but then how do you work with that when things change? And so I think that's why they are really impressive to me. Asia Wilson is just, like I watch, I watched like a reel of all of her block highlights. And I was like, I don't think she ever touches the ball, but it just <laughs> goes away. I was like, I don't get it. So I still, I think, have the aces coming out of this because I went back and watched highlights from the game over the weekend, and it was, like, a very regularly exciting playoff game until, like, the end of the second half or the first half. Yeah. Um, and it was – so I was kind of, like, re-watching it knowing how it ends. I was like, where did it go wrong? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Jasmine Thomas, that's where it went wrong for them. <laughs> and I was like, that makes so much sense. 31 points. You can't, that, yeah. and that's the thing. Quick. I was like, that's how, and so Very I was quick. thinking, I was like, how do they get away from this? Well, exactly. I actually have a question for you, Jordan, here that is so interesting to me. And when Lily and I were prepping all day for the show, it was something that I couldn't get over because I find so much value in a seven game series that when you switch from talking about the NBA to then the WNBA and having round one and round two be single elimination games. How do you think that affects the overall quality of WNBA playoff games? I keep going back and forth. I love the single elimination games because of the chaos of it. It's just madness. Everyone's just going in, watching, knowing that it's win or go home. And the intensity is up a level. Just like how I, I wrote in my article, if you love the Dame Lillard versus John yeah. Morant playing game, then you're going to love the WNBA playoffs first and second round. But after seeing the Sparks play a terrible game and have NECA out 
just for that one game, Mm -hmm. it's having me have a change of heart a little bit and that maybe it should be a progression. Maybe the first round where, you know, you have a Miss Six team who barely squeaked in, they have a losing record. Yes, they should play in a single elimination game. Prove that you deserve to play in the playoffs. I still like that. But maybe round two is a best of three. Um, And then we get into a best of five. I still, even in the NBA, I'm not a fan of best of seven. I think it's too long. Okay. I think it's too much. You know, it's like way too long. Baseball. (laughs) Oh, God. You're like, you're like, oh, we are now watching our 24th hour of baseball this week. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't watch baseball. (laughs) But you like the, the five games, right? That's like I like, cool. I like the five games. I think because that's just enough time to either, you know, come out a strong 2-0 lead and still be able to swing it enough. Um, whereas seven games, like, I think it was Charles Barkley when we were watching that, um, like, the Magic and Buck series. It's like, all right, why are they, why do they have to <laughs> win four to games? Yeah, why do we got to do it again? <laughs> no, this but that's is, a good point about, like, and, and I think everything's just, like, weird now. So I, yes. I feel like everything I say, I'm like, I'll listen back to this next year and be like, oh, I was an idiot. Right. Uh, <laughs> because, I, like, everything's different. But it's so, like, th- so there's a part of me that's, like, gets mad about single elimination, about five-game series, because I'm like, people just don't want to watch women play basketball, and that's why mm. they do it. But then there's also a part of me that's like, maybe all series should be five games, because, like, oh, it goes on. Know. But, I mean, that would never happen. The NBA would never get rid of the Well, I just think I I agree with what Jordan was saying. Like, round one, single elimination, I like it. Because the intensity makes the game quality so much better. It's like a wild card thing. And those are Why not add on a couple more games to round two? You know, Mm -hmm. it it makes more games to be watched. As we already know, the WNBA viewership is going up. So why don't we try to take that and run with it? hopefully see some changes maybe in the format in the next couple of years. Like I, I just think it'd be smart to try to market on something that we see is growing though, like slowly, but I'm all for the grow and then just see where we can take that. I also think like, even on like the converse make, I like the first round play in thing, put that in the NBA. Like the play-in is fun and they do it oh, in yeah. baseball. Like the play-in is so, so, so fun. And I think a lot of people this season were stoked about that. Um, and then, like you said, watching the Dame John Romant game is like, that's, so I, I don't want to get rid of that, but then I'm also like, let's have, let's have playoffs be playoffs too. Like we need a little more. Cause like, like you said with the Sparks, like how does your season end in that one? Like that sucks. Like that blows. Um, it really does. Yeah. So kind of on that, like what are, we talked about this a lot, like, because again, watching highlights, I don't notice it when I'm focused on the game, but when you, when you don't need to know the outcome, I think it kind of hits different, but like, I hear with the lack of crowd noise and the no fans, it, it's really obvious. And I was, I said way at the beginning of everything, I was like, I don't want crowd noise. I was like, I want the weird silence of people talking and stuff and they'll never do that because they want us to, they don't want us to know there's a pandemic going on. Uh, they're like, everything's fine. Uh, but and then it kind of hit me I was like well this is lame I was like having the virtual fans is I don't want to say free but I think like if we're talking money like here's your marketing thing like you get people to pay for nothing uh to watch a game they were already going to watch on tv so like what are some of your thoughts on like not having that I guess 
I totally agree. I think the WNBA started first. So when it, when it started and, you know, Black Lives Matter is on the court and, and it's kind of our first time seeing it, I was like, this is awesome. They actually did a really good job. And then the NBA started and I saw the crowd and I heard the crowd noise and I was like, dang it, that seems like a really <laughs> big miss opportunity. Why didn't we do that? Um, and I feel like there's, I can see why they didn't want to do that just in case a lot of people don't sign up or don't show up. And, and that's kind of the biggest critique with the WNBA is the lack of crowds. Sometimes some gyms, you know, Sparks, Minnesota, they're, they're almost at full capacity, but if some teams, if it's not an ideal matchup, maybe there wouldn't be that big of a crowd, but I think they could have done like what football did, you know, just, put in the crowd noise didn't have to be the crowd there there's cheering there's you know if someone's on the free throw line they would have crowd noise or something like that just to spice it up a little bit but on the flip side I do love hearing the players talk more I love hearing the coaches I love hearing Diana Taurasi call a ref by their first name (laughs) like you those are things that you you know you'd pay top dollar to be able to hear so that's where I'm kind of on the fence about it because I've loved being able just as a basketball player, as a basketball fan, just hear the, you know, the basketball shoes squeaking against the hardwood mm-hmm. and just hearing those sounds. So that's been kind of cool, but it would have been nice to have some crowd. Noise. Yeah. I know I would have been there in the front row. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's like a similar thing for me with like the, the five game playoff series. And I'm like, I like it, but I don't like why it is. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm enjoying it, but, like, I don't love the reasoning behind it. Um, so, obviously, uh, we were supposed to have a second game on Sunday, um, and that didn't happen. And that was the first – I remember seeing that, and I was like, oh, this is the first time that, like, I think kind of something like this is happening in a bubble. Um, and I, I had a theory, and I think it ended up being right because they said test results were inconclusive for a player of the storm, which to me meant not positive, but like something was messed up. So I was like, I don't think anybody has it, but, and I think that's what we're then finding out. Um, So game one of that is tonight. Mm -hmm. Um, And you wrote like that this, um, this Seattle team is going to be insanely hard to beat. Brianna Stewart, you have Sue Bird. So do you think that there's a chance at all that they lose <laughs> tonight or the series 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 you know every time I count Minnesota out they like <laughs> to prove me Come wrong so I don't I, I'm scared to commit because <laughs> I know that they're gonna play well but I was correct in saying that you know I didn't think Sylvia Fowles was gonna be that difference maker that a lot of people were talking about. She hasn't played basketball in five weeks. She wasn't gonna come in and be 13-year vet Sylvia Faust. And I, I, I knew that. So it's going to be on Nafisa Collier and the rookie of the year and the coach of the year. To, they're gonna have to put everything that they have. Just pull it out of your back pockets, everything. Phone it in, I don't know. You're gonna need it all for the Seattle team because even when Sue Bird, Brianna Stewart, if they don't have their best game, their bench is so deep that it, it's hard to go, you know, position by position and beat them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the I think they it's not gonna be a sweep. Minnesota's gonna have a great game. They're gonna come out. They're gonna be fiery. Um, but Seattle's gonna take the series. Well, sports has a funny way of of jinxing all of us when we take <laughs> a know. comment like that. So it's funny because we're doing this tonight, and we had done a little uh, playoff news prep, and I was saying that I think that the Lakers are gonna sweep the Nuggets. Now it's funny because when this comes out tomorrow, I might be looking like an asshole. <laughs> and, and I've been saying this for a while now that I think the Lakers are going to sweep the Nuggets. But who knows? Sports just always gets me. Well, no, that's always like thought about what we're doing right now. I said earlier, I, I was like, people just come at me with the like, I'm like, I don't know. I think the Nuggets are going to be really, but it's LeBron and AD. And I'm like, that's not a real argument. And then I'm like, it's kind of a real argument. It's I'm a like, good, it might be a real argument. argument. But, I mean, I, but I think similar thing goes for Sue Bird and Brianna Stewart. You're like, it's Sue Bird and Brianna Stewart. And then I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> but like, like, gonna, like, oh, yeah. Well, like, and I think that's like, I think why. I don't know for everybody, maybe for me, but like why the WNBA is like so fun because you have this crazy rookie talent and you also have this crazy veteran talent. What is Diane Taurasi? She's 36 and 38. She's 38. She looks yeah. like she's, she's 22. four years younger than Tom Brady. And we all talk about how, oh, he's such a badass. Like it's not like, she's running circles around these rookies and yeah. the refs don't even know what to do about it oh my so god that's i think the thing with seattle is that they have all this like veteran talent that i just think is like so 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 hard to like to get away from i guess um yeah. but then because i don't know i feel like i see it i i just feel it like in my bones that it's going to be like seattle vegas um but I weirdly like don't want it to be. I'm like give me because the, I'm like give me Minnesota, Connecticut. <laughs> the underdogs oh, gotta love those well, games. And like, it's like the definitely. year of the underdogs. Like every game, not every game, nearly every game in the NBA, the WNBA has come down to every important game has come down to like the last thirty seconds. Um, and it's 2020. What what yeah, would you yeah. expect in this <laughs> year? Like, like, Minnesota and maybe Connecticut. Maybe the Nuggets will actually be the Lakers. Yeah, so like, no, no, no. I, I will shut that no. down. I'm a Lakers <laughs> fan. That's not going to happen. Are you from LA? I'm from Sacramento, actually. Oh, okay. Cool, cool. So are you like a Sparks fan or? Well, I was a Monarchs fan. Okay. And then, um, you know, RIP you know. To, my, to my Monarchs. Um, history. Yes, the rest was history. The only championship team in Sacramento gets, Ooh. you know, canceled. But anyway, um, <laughs> so then I moved to LA and I got to go to a lot of Sparks games and I just fell in love with, you know, the environment, being in Staples Center, being a Lakers fan. Mm -hmm. I, I love Candace Parker, but I feel like I've been leaning more towards the Aces. I am obsessed with Liz Cambage and everything yeah. that she is and she does on the floor and who she is as a person. So I've been rooting for her, but I just, I really, it's hard to choose. I love everything about the WNBA. I feel like mo a lot of people I talk to have some sort of connection to another team, but they're like, but I really like the Aces. Like, and I feel the same way. I guess like if I, geographically, I'm in Boston. So like the Suns, would technically be my team. Um, like, We're from New England, we get it. Really. <laughs> um, but I've like the Aces are just so fun to watch, and they're just like everything they yeah. do. I'm like, and that's why I've kind of liked 
I liked the game on Sunday because I was like, all right, they're getting their asses handed to them a little bit. Like, this is new. And I think when I was thinking about it, I think that's partially where I saw it going wrong is that I'm like, I don't think they really have all that much experience coming back like this. Like, they're rarely down by this much of a deficit. I think the deficit in the third quarter was, like, the most they would have had to come back from in the entire season. Um, And so I think that – I don't know if we're talking like the season of the underdog, like being able to come back from a game kind of like um, we've been seeing with the Celtics is that Mm -hmm. like they'll get away, but only for a little bit. And I think that's what keeps it really interesting. Um, And I think with the aces, I was like, Oh, they don't really end up in this situation where they're like down by 30 a lot. do they? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the nuggets are the biggest underdogs of being down three, one, back-to-back series like who does that so I I can see how that would go with the theme but Asia said after the game they beat us and we needed to be beat like slapped in the face to wake Mm up and so even during you know I I had a feeling that okay that wasn't like them um Angel McCautry only had six points I think Dierica Hamby and um Kayla McBride only had four points. So, so they didn't, they played out of character. So I was hoping that this game that would kind of light a fire under them to come out to a fast start. But then hello, Brian January comes and shooting lights out out of nowhere. So it's, it's like, if you want to be this number one seed, if you want to be this championship team, you have to come out and, and be the best team on the floor night after night. And if they're not able to do this against this Connecticut team, then if they were to move on, they are in for a rude awakening if they were to yeah. meet Seattle in the finals. And I think there was, like, this perfect storm of, like, Connecticut's this awesome defensive team, mm-hmm. and then also they were just unable to shut down Jasmine Thomas. So it, when you put those two things together, there's what there's nothing you can do. Like, you got to – I think it's, like, a, a classic case of, like, we have to go back to the drawing board and, like, rework some things because – those two things happening if they're shutting us down and we can't shut down one of their players then that's how are you going to come out of a five game series and then go on to play seattle if that's the case we're we're not speaking too soon in the finals nonetheless like whoever's up there it's like you got to bring your a game to that yeah exactly showdown (laughs) so Um, actually you briefly you mentioned this your fandom with the sparks and i do have to ask your opinion on this how do you think their quick second round exit is gonna affect specifically with Candace Parker, Derek Fisher, the whole Shazam? How is that going to affect the dynamic of that organization going into next year? I'm going to have a binoculars zeroed in <laughs> on the Sparks the whole off season because they have a lot of free agents coming up. Chelsea Gray is a free agent. Candace Parker, it could enter free agency. And I made a bold prediction on a podcast earlier this week that I think Candace Parker is going to leave and she's going to go home to Chicago. And oh, really I don't help. think that's that bold. I do. I don't think that's bold. <laughs> After the game, she said it perfectly. She said, how many times are we going to keep saying next year? Next year, it's going to be better. Next year. The past two years, they have come in the third spot (laughs) and get, you know, have an early exit, earlier exit than everyone's predicting them all year round. And I think that it talks to their inconsistency. That's my problem with the Sparks and what I've written about the whole season is 
they win three in a row, then they lose four in a row, then they win four, four in a row, and then they lose somebody, someone gets hurt. Of course, they didn't have Christy Tolliver. They didn't have NECA in this one game. And, but everyone else didn't step up, didn't play well. I, yeah. I think they're going to have to either move some pieces around. I have always said that I've not been a biggest fan of Derek Fisher being this coach. I think that there has been a lot of coaches that deserved that job over a former Laker, even as a Laker fan. I love Derek Fisher. But I think he kind of got that job just off of his name when there are women's basketball coaches that – could probably fit into that spot a lot better. Um, he's going to be on the hot seat. There's no other way around it because you have a player like Candace Parker who's expiring. She's going to retire soon. She's been in the league for a while. She wants another championship. Can the Sparks give it to her or is she going to have to go to Chicago or elsewhere to get that ring? It's really funny, like the coverage that we see going on about this type of thing because usually – if we were ugh, talking about like men's sports in this situation, which I hate to have to make yeah. that shitty comparison, a high profile athlete like Candace Parker, and then having this incident with a head coach from 2019, um, sitting her for and not even giving her as much playing time as she deserves in as great as she is, we would be seeing news of what that organization would be doing to salvage their relationship with that athlete. Who cares about the head coach? They're going to be taking active steps. Like, are they looking for a new head coach? Here's who they brought in for interviews. Yes, they're actively trying to do things. And suddenly I like was actually looking today to see if I could find anything about what's going on. And it's been a couple of days and there's been no news, nothing of Candace coming out or saying anything besides post-game interviews. There's been no speculation whatsoever across the board. And I think that's because everyone who reports such as yourself, like you just said, you're going to be watching them. Like you're just waiting to see something break to get the slightest indication of where the organization is leaning. Like, I don't, I'm kind of with you. I don't know if I like Derek Fisher. It kind of seems like a weird thing to do from last year. And then to not show up with that same tenacity, like you have to, for, if I were him, I'd be like, I'm fucking winning. Cause You're everyone already thinks job. that I'm, yeah. exactly. That's your job. That's your livelihood. And a lot of people already think it's BS that you're coaching this team. Period. Definitely. And I was there last year when they played at Cal State Long Beach and Candace Parker only played 11 minutes. And I will never forget that because everyone in the gym was like, is she hurt? What's going on? What's wrong? And the, just the air being sucked out of the gym when they were only down by 10 points, they cut it to nine at one point. And that was the same type of situation. It was win or go home. They were a, on it the brink no of being sense. swept. It made no sense, and we questioned it then. And were I feel like were you covering that game when you were there, or you were just there? I was there as a fan, but I was okay. also there. You know, yeah. I, I was doing more podcasts and writing on it, and and I'm so happy I went because I I did see that firsthand mm -hmm. and see all the rumblings of just fans being like, "Man, we got to get Derek Fisher out of here." What is <laughs> we love Candace Parker? You love know, when everyone's on the same page, <laughs> definitely, and they're definitely gonna choose Candace Parker over. It's Derek freaking Candace Parker. Well, Derek and that's Fisher. like I don't. 
I don't ever want to like diminish people's accomplishments, but it it's so reminiscent to me, like the Derek Fisher of like, or this is reminiscent um, to the Derek Fisher situation is like the Steve Nash hiring where it's like, he's a great basketball player, but he's a big name and he's a white guy. <laughs> and someone, I forget who it was. Um, I don't know if it was Tyler Tynes or Master. Someone tweeted out like a list, a literal list of all of the black coaches. Tyler. It was Tyler. I was like, yeah. he tweeted out a whole list of all of the black coaches that were like, had the need a new position. Um, and I was like, and they picked fucking Steve Nash. Like, no offense to Steve Nash. Steve Nash is awesome. But when Brooklyn has made no character development in five years from now, everyone's going to be sitting here being like, why the fuck did we hire Steve Nash? Um, Definitely. And it's like a similar thing of it's like, you're a big name and that's great, but it doesn't also being a player doesn't necessarily mean you can coach. I've always kind of thought that like, definitely. And I think people like forget that a little bit. Um, yeah. Because it's well, it is Brooklyn and it's still like New York. So I feel like, so I'm in New York right now. And my biggest ugh with us is that we go for the marketing way more than we go for the talent and taking yeah. a risk that's going to pay off on the court rather than taking that guy that's probably going to make you just as much money anyway because of who he is and the draw that it's going to be like look we've sucked in sports for a long time over here <laughs> so like i think everyone's just like oh that'd be so cool to, like go to a game and like steve nash's coaching and I'm sure not if you lose. Like I'm sure whatever his master game plan is with Kevin Durant and all this chap that they've been like talking. Mm-hmm. I, I gotta see it to believe it. I'm not a Nets fan anyway. I'm a Knicks fan. I think it's kind of garbage. Not be- that- don't try to don't try to salvage it. It's not better. <laughs> it's just whatever. Whatever the Nets want to do is the Nets doing that. I still think that like none of it's gonna pay off for them anyway. And next year is the year for the Knicks. <laughs> But I think, like, I'm joking. If, if the Candace <laughs> no one Parker- saw my face, I'm joking. I'm not actually certifiably crazy. I think, like, out. if the Candace Parker situation with Derek Fisher happens in the NBA to, like, I don't want to say LeBron because I don't think any head coach would dare bench LeBron when you're down by 10 just because, I don't know. The disrespect. Why don't you ask Derek Fisher? Exactly. But, and that's just the point. Like, you wouldn't dare to do that if yeah. you. If you have Candace and, Parker, and on it would your be team, an uproar. Exactly, there would Across be like the sports. They would be calling for their heads if somebody yeah. if they did that to Jimmy Butler, they'd be calling for his head. They'd be like, yeah. "It's over." Um, and it, and I think the other thing with like the media coverage, like we were talking about, is like this is right now with sports as they exist currently. Um, <laughs> Like, I'd say the Candace part, and I'm someone that cares about the WNBA, but I think even if you're not, the Candace part thing is the biggest free agency story currently. Like, they, everybody else that would have a big free agency story is either still playing or it's decided. And so I think right now, all eyes should be on where is Candace Parker going. Um, and I think that, like, sometimes those things do play into decisions like that, especially, like, when it comes to head coaches and stuff like the, not that ownership kind of, leans toward the fans but there is like considerations of things like that and so I just think everybody if you're listening to this pay attention to what Candace Parker is doing because I think that is going to like it's going to be one of the things that like kind of shapes I think the next couple years of the WNBA 
like what it's going to look like. For sure. And I think this last free agency really showed people that the WNBA has just as exciting free agency as the NBA with a lot of players moving around and forming those big threes, like Skylar Diggins-Smith going to Phoenix with Diana Taurasi and Brittany Griner or Dewana Bonner switching. You know, she, you kind of think that WNBA players are lifers on these on these teams mm-hmm. that drafted them but no they have to switch it up just like we all do if we're one chasing the bag or two we want <laughs> to go get a championship but that's just what you have to do and I, I think that Christy Tolliver is calling Candace Parker every day saying <laughs> please don't leave I'm coming back next year I should have played this year I'm sorry but I got you next year and I, I think it's going to be that push and pull um, even, you know, me and my boyfriend were talking about, we were like, well, is she going to leave LA because of, you know, all the media stuff that she's doing, all the broadcasting that she's doing, but the WNBA is only about three months. She could go to Chicago for three months, yeah. come back to LA. So I don't think that's going to be a factor, but it, it's going to so be either. interesting. Yeah. But I think anyone who's not really putting together these storylines exactly like what lily's saying like candace parker's free agency is so big right now in sport itself let alone just women's sports because you think of everything we just talked about in the last five ten minutes like everything that happened her only playing 11 minutes in 2019 and then the audacity of them to not really so for her to give it everything she still has and the whole team and eventually you have to criticize the coaching staff like because yeah. the players, you know the players are good, and you're just going to have to mm-hmm. – that's, that's what it is. Because at the end of the day, they're, they're going to listen to the play calls by the freaking playmaker. And then just to have this exit, like, it's just so – It's like the disrespect is kind of like – It's disappointing. Like, but that's the first thing that comes to mind. Um, so yeah. I, think, I think it's right to be paying attention to the Sparks yeah. right now. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. it's definitely the move. So kind of like a, a final-ish thing to like wrap our conversation up with. Um, obviously, to people that pay attention, the WNBA has been on the forefront of social justice causes since pe- most people knew about them, to be quite frank. Um, and I was saying to Jess how I think I have seen people truly giving them credit for that, but I will also attribute that to the people in my circles and the people that I follow. Um, what are you, do you think that there is kind of like a shift and people are giving them the credit they deserve or am I just, I'm, do I just have good friends? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I think that there has been a shift this mm-hmm. season, but I, I think it came a little late. It definitely came late. Just like, you know, Angel McCautry came up with the idea of putting Brianna Taylor's name on the back of the jerseys that got wind to the NBA. They didn't want to do names. So they put phrases and it was like, they created that idea out of thin air. So it was, it takes the media outlets and people to point fingers and say, no, that came from a WNBA player that came from a woman. We need to elevate their voices. Um, But I think that this is a, a really interesting season. It's been really great to see all the, the leadership in the WNBA players and how they've been using their voices for very important things. And I hope that people are like, it's not a second thought like, oh yeah, the WNBA players did it too. No, they've done it first. They did it in 2016 and they took a knee even before Kaepernick took a knee. So those are things that, that we have to continue to talk about and continue to move 
that conversation forward. But it's been the shine that they have gotten from it in our circles, in women's basketball circles. It's been great to to see. Yeah, and I think that's been, like you said, it's been great to see that I'm like, okay, I do see people on the timeline being like, hey, remember that they did mm-hmm. this first. Like Maya Moore on match. Obviously, also, congrats to her on getting married. Like story of the year. I don't know how My more people favorite are story. I was like, I found out at like seven in the morning when I woke up. And I was like crying. I was like, I'm like this what? is the nicest thing yeah. ever. Um, I, I, that was like so. That was what we all. That knew. was a sneak attack, but I, I loved it. it. There, was, there was never any like, oh, they might have like a romance. Like there was nothing. So it just came out of nowhere, and I was like, oh, I was like, that she's a bad bitch about her business. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, mean? I loved it. But that's like the first thing that always comes to mind. In these conversations is that it's like obviously they've been taking you before. They've come up with these ideas, and then you had like the true change of like putting your career aside to actually go out and do the work. Not that everybody can do that. Not that everybody can afford those same opportunities. Right. But when, when an NBA player maybe eventually does something like that, let's not pretend he came up with the idea. Like let's, and that, I think people will, which is unfortunate, but I think the right people are watching and the right people know what's going on. We just have to keep doing that. Right. <laughs> we just we have to keep watching women's sports. Yeah, like, what a concept. That's crazy. And that's the, like men everywhere are screaming right now. <laughs> that's like the men, honestly, men everywhere the past like 24 hours have been screaming and I'm like, I'm, I got to take a walk. Um, <laughs> I was like, I, gotta, I need some time alone. No, but I think like, that's a big thing people have been saying lately across many situations is like, we have to keep up the momentum. And I think keep up our momentum and also remember and keep acknowledging where that momentum came from um, because that's going to be, I would just hate to see that like people aren't really piecing that together because it's very important. Um, We got to, we got to build on this season. I think this has really been a turning point for the W, especially when it came on when no other sports were coming on. Mm -hmm. It it started it, even the, the draft broke record numbers. So just got to keep building on this. And I hope, you know, a couple years down the road, we can look back and say, this is what changed the WNBA, um, the attention and the focus. And so I I love the bubble for that reason, because it did just that. So I, I hope that we can come back and point to this as the turning point for the league. Mm-hmm. I think that's like a really good way to look at it. Just it's rare. I think you see, and hopefully it does work this way, but that like it's rare you can kind of like look back at something and be like, Oh, that's exactly where the corner was. Like that's exactly right. where we turned. So, um, I mean, like everything is garbage right now, but like, right. that'll be cool to look back We're on. We're doing well. We're <laughs> fine. Everything's fine. Um, <laughs> Jordan, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been like an absolute pleasure. Um, when Candace Parker si- re-signs with the Sparks, we want to have you back um, to yes. hear your thoughts. Yes, yes. or in Chicago. Yeah, whatever yes, the exactly. moves are made, Jordan will be back to spit some knowledge on all you peoples listening. <laughs> all right, thank you so much for joining us. Follow Jordan, read Jordan, watch the WNBA. Um, Perfect. Awesome. <laughs> Alrighty, before we wrap it up, we are going to go through our tweets of the week and moments of the week. Jess, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I can go. I first I'll have given the results of last week's moment of the week. Oh yes, go for it. <sighs> Juju feeding the homeless takes the cake on this one. 
even though we just had our whole episode about the WNBA, Aja Wilson winning the MVP for the WNBA, unfortunately did not beat out the good deeds by Juju Smith-Schuster. We do love a good human interest story, though. Gotta love feeding the homeless. Um, All right, what's your moment of the week? Well, funny you should ask, Lily. I actually (laughs) goddamn phenomenal in fantasy football. So without making this obviously all about myself, even though it already seemed super conceited, my uh, moment of the week was the football game, Russell Wilson versus Cam Newton. Russell Wilson threw for four touchdowns. And I, took too, enjoyed that. And Do you have Russell Wilson? Yeah, he is my quarterback in my all-male-dominated league besides I me, and him. I just beat a male. I have him in one of – I can't remember which league. Um, but four points. Yeah. Dope fucking awesome so that's my moment of the week i think he did good and we just talked about earlier how cam is back and i think this is going to be a phenomenal season for both russell wilson and cam newton and i thought yeah. that was a legendary matchup that just was awesome mm-hmm. um so my moment of the week is jasmine thomas and Alyssa thomas of the connecticut sons sisters combining for 49 points in their win sunday over the aces um Jasmine had 31 points, Alyssa had 18, and then they combined for eight assists and eight rebounds. Um, I, they scored over 50% of the team's points, um, and I just think that, like, <laughs> did you ever see the movie Double Teamed, the Disney Channel yes. original movie about the Trinidad players? I was getting huge Disney Channel original movie vibes. From like this, I'm like, oh, the two sisters and their phenomenal women's basketball it's players. Be like a thing. It made me feel like a kid again. I was like, this is like, this is the real this life is why movie. I fell in love with sports. I was yeah. like, this is the real life movie, and I love it. So also combining for 49 points in a win over the number one seeded team in the WNBA is just like pretty stellar. So, um, stellar. so that was my moment of the week. I actually have my tweet of the week ready as well, ready. which Rumble. is. Unlike me. You're prepared and that's making me super nervous right now. Okay. So, because it's that good. This might be my, like, tweet of the year, maybe. Um, That's a bold statement, Lily. So, I have to preface it by saying, I don't know if everybody had this experience, but growing up, just you might have, I don't know, but, like, let me know. Growing up, um, if you ever complained about something as a kid, either your parents, yeah, either your parents or grandparents would be like, well, when I was a kid, we used to have to walk five miles uphill to school. Like, that was always a thing. Everybody's grandparents had to walk uphill to school in the snow. Did you have that, like, response as well, or was that just me? No, it was always Jessica, shut up. You live a great life. You're just <laughs> being a bitch. <laughs> no, so it was like, that's always a thing I've heard people say, um, both personally and, like, other people. It's like, well, when I was a kid, we had to walk to walk from five miles to school every day, which, like, ultimate respect to people had to do that. Etc. Uh, Etc. Et so my tweet of the week is: Back in my day, TikTok was a song by Kesha, and we had to listen to it as we walked to school uphill both ways. And I, when I tell you I saw this, I showed it to my parents, and they also were cracking up. So good, I loved it. Um, so okay, I found mine. <laughs> I forgot I sent this to you. I started sending my my tweets oh, to I, Lily. You send them to me early, and then I forget about them. And then me. <laughs> Too, so I didn't know if I had one in there and I only have one. Usually I have seven. Yeah, I'll have seven and I'll send them to Lily and I'll just pick <laughs> one. 
So this one was from a couple days ago and it's a tweet and it's like inventor of cursive. What if the letters held hands? <laughs> <laughs> you did send that to me and I totally like, forgot. That's one exactly how they do it. And as someone who likes writing and like the English language and all those great literature things that make me sound like a nerd, I think it's a goddamn abomination <laughs> that kids are not tweet tweeted, <laughs> taught, taught cursive in school anymore. Like, <laughs> what? It makes um, no sense. I felt a, a personal connection. Did you go to Catholic school as a kid? I did. Okay, me too. And that's where I learned cursive. I don't know. I don't think. Doesn't everyone school. learn cursive? No, I think. I don't think. In How do you sign your name? How are you supposed to sign a check? Or well, because I had a lot of friends. My friends that went to public school never got, had like cursive. Are you class. serious? I had like a full ass workbook. Me too. Like I had to do all I that. A, so yeah, now when yeah. I'm really bored when I'm waitressing or bartending, I, this is what I do in my checkbooks. A. <laughs> do you really i do my name i'll do when i'm bored i'll do my name but i'll try like my full name but i'll do it i'll try to make it really short like i'll make the letters really close and then sometimes i'll try to make it like really really long um and i don't believe that kids in public schools don't learn cursive that makes no sense it's really? not like a thing oh like um no i don't honestly i don't know why we did um in catholic school um but it's not like a jesus thing well what these i mean realistically speaking the only thing i've ever needed to know cursive for is my signature but uh, that's so important i like knowing it because it it makes it i feel like what i write is the faster. next joe schmo just gonna be like just, i don't have these answers for you <laughs> i'm just speaking my own experience here well, um, anyway. No, cursive is not a commonly taught thing, I think. I don't think it's very common to teach it in schools. <laughs> I have no For once in my life, I have nothing left to say. This is what did it? This is the thing that gave you, that made you speechless? That kids don't learn cursive in school? I'll take, I'm, I mean, I don't know, maybe yeah. I'll, I'll ask some people. Um, comment below guys <laughs> you, let us know did you learn cursive in school and did you go to catholic school or did you go to public school and like where are you from like who hates Maybe you it's that a regional taught thing. you cursive just it's not like you're being classist about it <laughs> i don't mean to be it's like i it took me a very long time to learn oh cursive. many tears many tears and i don't think i would know how to sign my name if well, I, I think kids know. learn how to sign their name. Yeah, I'm name. sure you get it, but then it all is just like, I, I also, I should preface this by saying, we, I don't like when people's signatures just look like really crunched up. Like I like being able to read it. It just makes it for like, I think your signatures are super important okay. because. So I feel like since we're still time. talking about this, I feel like this is a good time. I really wanted to talk about the TikTok drama that's been going on. <laughs> Is this the place? I don't have TikTok. Is this so the place? I, I don't know. Really. No, I'm, I'm messing. Um, all right. Let us know if you learned <laughs> cursive in school. This has been another fantastic episode of Throwing Down with Jess and Lily. I'm Lily Caffrey Levine. I'm Jess King. And, and uh, that was Jordan Ligon's earlier. Follow yes. me on Twitter. But sorry to cut you off, Jess. I just have to add this. It's never just sports. We will see you next time. Have a good one.